This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey everyone, it's Lindsay Rhodes and I've got a new podcast, The NFL Road Show. Fun and kind of nerdy conversation about the NFL every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. I've got some amazing guests that are joining me. I'll be breaking the huddle with the top stories, previewing games. We'll get you set for the weekend fantasy with our Fantasy Friday episodes, and we'll answer some of your questions as well. So subscribe to the NFL Roadshow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, this is TCO, the French Canadian Frankenstein. Ring of Honor Superstar, and you're listening to Top Rope Nation. Ladies and gentlemen, it is now time! Oh, no. Oh, yeah! I finished these fights. Give me a hell yeah! Top Rope Nation. Learn to love it! It's the best thing going today. What's up, guys? Episode 189 of Top Rope Nation. We've got WWE TLC 2020 in the books. Plenty to talk about tonight. My name's Ryan Drosty, and I am joined, as always, by Kyle Ross and Justin Joint. And, uh, you know, what I thought was a pretty entertaining, pretty good uh, pay-per-view show, but we got a lot of talking points. It's not all going to be positive. I think a lot of it's going to be positive. Uh, We'll get to it with our grades here in just a second, kind of break down the show. If you are joining us here live on YouTube.com, we'd love to see you active in the chat room. Let us know your thoughts on the show. Give it a grade A through F. Let us know your your favorite matches on tonight's show, and we'll read your comments on the air. But uh, before we get to that, Kyle Ross, you uh, just cracked open a uh, a King Sioux from the great state of Iowa from Toppling Goliath Brewing Company. Love to see it reaching out there to Cleveland, Ohio. Now, what's going on, man? I mean, how's your weekend going prior to TLC? Because I'm going to get your thoughts on TLC here in just a minute. Uh, you know, a combination of a nice stiff cup of coffee and the New Orleans Saints backdooring the Kansas City Chiefs gave me life tonight. And... Uh, was not looking forward to TLC otherwise. I was giving a lot of passive-aggressive texts, as you know, throughout the day. Oh, nothing <laughs> I'm looking forward to less today than watching this show. Yeah. Uh, but I'm very excited to talk about it. Oh, well, we're very excited to get your takes. I think we're going to have some some deep takes on the state of WWE these days and where mm-hmm. this show kind of settles into that conversation. Justin Joint, across town from me here. Uh, what's going on tonight? Uh, not much, man. Um watch tottenham shit the bed this morning uh so that was the low point of my day and my high point was watching a uh quote-unquote pay-per-view that was straight fire (laughs) (laughs) in more ways than one right more ways than one yeah i had a pretty good day overall you know i'm just I'm waiting for my Chicago Bears to break my heart yet again this season. You know, giving us hope that they might back into that final wild card. 
They're not uh, going slot. to. No, well, you know, I already know what's going to happen. Is uh, they're going to go into Week 17 with if you win, you're going to get in, and the Green Bay Packers will stomp them. I'm I'm already prepared. I know that's what's going to happen. It always happens. So just got double check. <laughs> I was going to stand up, but I don't know. I'm wearing questionable shorts, and I didn't want my shirt to you know be up too high, show my belly. <laughs> We're doing a bad scene. We'd have lost patrons. Yes. Well, hey, we're we're streaming the world tonight, so we're hoping to get getting more viewers on YouTube.com. If you're joining us for the first time, hit that subscribe button. Uh, leave a like on the video. That would help us out a lot. And uh, leave a comment. Or, again, like I said, the chat room is open if you're here live and ready to read your comments on the air. So with that said, fellas, um, first of all, I want to do our usual grades, A through F oh, on no. the show. And then we're going to kind of get into a broader discussion, I think, about... You know, despite this being a good show, there's still some, you know, problems in the background with where WWE is right now. But uh, let's throw it around the horn. A through F, Justin Joint, what do you give tonight's broadcast from the World Wrestling Federation? Well, mine is kind of an incomplete. Uh, I started the show pretty late because we had uh, Christmas with my mom, which it was very minimal uh, and safe, which, boy, isn't that one of the things I'm most looking forward to uh, getting out of all this is not having to clarify when you do something that could be perceived as, you know, not the public's best interest. (laughs) Uh, So I I did have to skip around a little bit. I missed uh, early parts of matches. I missed all the women's tag, but from what I did, uh, and kind of having to look at it just in a vacuum, uh, pretty enjoyable. Uh, really, uh, two extremely solid matches and nothing that really disappointed. It seemed like all the right people won. Uh, so I'm going to give it an A. All right. Here's a positive take from Justin Joint. Kyle Ross, what what would you give it for a uh, a score tonight? You know, before the main event, I was locked into probably a B plus. But the main event was pretty bad. It's pretty absurd. Um, so it was hilarious. B B minus. To be honest with you. All right. So we're at an A B B minus. I I'll come in at a at a B plus. I uh, I was ready to give the show an A before the main event. Docked it a little bit. I, I mean, oh. get me in your class, man. Get me in Mister Drosty's <laughs> history class, man. Grading this Mom thing on and a Dad, curve. I'm going to Harvard. <laughs> Great, great in this thing on a curve. I mean, I knew that that uh, that main event match was going to be goofy and probably disappointing, which is why I did particularly like it going into the main event slot. I guess I mean I because it was a spectacle and because of how it ended. I guess you understand why they put it there. I uh, I thought it was a lot better than I was expecting. Like I was expecting a shit show, and we got a bit of a shit show, but I I was entertained throughout the entire thing, and I laughed my ass off at the end which i know is not yeah, their that's intent. Not, yeah that's i know i don't think that, response, yeah. Justin, but, yeah. but i loved it yes. <laughs> i don't yeah. mind some camp <laughs> um so i kind of wanted just to get into something that you tweeted ryan because it's very instructive i think for some of our listeners why my grades tend to be on the lower end not yeah. only compared to you but our polls because what you tweeted about during the show absolutely matters when I grade a show. Not just WWE, any professional wrestling show throughout history. So what he's referring to, and by the way, Aaron's in our chat. He gave the show a C plus, so the main event killed it. <laughs> Justin doesn't agree. I kind of agree with that. Uh, 
it, it, at least it dropped the score for me a little bit. But yeah, my point on Twitter was that, look, this company is full of great workers. They have great matches all the time. You go into the show, like we were texting earlier today, and I told you guys, like, this is a good card. It's going to be a good show to watch for us because we're hardcore wrestling fans. And I'm sure it's going to have a lot of enjoyable matches. But for WWE, you know, where they're at right now, the greater point is that they're not drawing in the audience that cares about good story. You know, like the hardcore fans like us that do a wrestling podcast or that kind of work in the industry, you know, covering the sport or com or whatever. <laughs> and you guys have both written about wrestling on websites in the past, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like we're going to watch regardless. We've been following this stuff since we were kids. We're going to keep watching it. The greater point why Raw is losing, in particular Raw, but SmackDown, since they moved to Fox 2, is losing so many viewers is that they don't have the stories to draw in you know, the more casual fans. And so we're really dipping down into that hardcore audience that, yeah, we love match quality, but the general public, that's not why they tune in. They tune in for story. They tune in for why should I come back to Raw and SmackDown every week? You know, what's the cliffhanger ending? What's that long-term storytelling? And that's where WWE always lacks. I mean, I put it out there on Twitter. Of course, this is the best roster in the world. Their roster blows away AEW, and I love AEW. I'd rather watch AEW right now. Their roster blows away New Japan Pro Wrestling and any, anywhere else. That's not the problem. Like These people are going to go into the ring, and they're going to have great matches every time out in big, big show situations like we saw tonight. It's that how do you draw in those fans that care about, care about story so that they're going to see those matches and get hooked? And so match quality only goes so far. I love it. I gave the show a B plus because five of the six matches were awesome tonight. But that's not the point. And that's not what WWE needs to concentrate on, you know, to get those kinds of viewers. Look at TNA in 2005. TNA had awesome freaking matches in 2005. And the country, or the country, the company never turned a profit during that era because their story sucked. And right now, WWE stories suck, and that is the problem. Justin. I saw you raise your hand, right? No. Okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> I saw out of the corner of my eye. Mr. Trosty! Maybe you were just Mr. saying, yes, Trosty. preach, preach, preach. Yes. Yeah. I, so, I, I threw up a six out of six matches. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. 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 Is it fair to say that the worst part of this pay-per-view was the build? Yeah, <laughs> for sure. I mean, okay. none of us were excited for it because of it. Yes, right? and this seems to be a reoccurring theme throughout the history of this podcast, not just in 2020 during this pandemic, but how many times have we come on this show and been like, yeah, I was not looking forward at all, but I guess it over-delivered based on low expectations. Mm-hmm. Okay, we say that a lot, Yeah, I feel, on this show. At least I know I do. That's not really a good thing. Uh, in terms of the overall health of the promotion. Let me take it a step further. Do you think it's fair to say that the worst part of WWE, uh, the company as a whole, is its television? <laughs> in terms Ironically, of content, yes, in terms of content, yes. okay, I mean, we could talk about, you know, I mean, you know, Linda McMahon and, you know, some, her tweets, but um, in terms of wrestling content, the worst part of this promotion is raw and smackdown right well yeah i mean look, i mean look at us we're us three were compelled to have a wrestling podcast 
Uh, we obviously love the business, but like, when is the last time you could honestly say you were excited to tune into Raw or SmackDown? I mean, it's been very long time. Can you remember? No. <laughs> yeah. I mean, no. there's I mean, pay per views I've been excited about, but it's all because of I know great matches are coming, but the amount of fans like me that are that they're going for that's like such a you know a minimal amount of the audience in the greater perspective like right now it makes up a big proportion of it because their audience has gotten so small because it's hardcores but when you look to the amount of people that they're trying to appeal to that is like the minority and you know yeah you got to get the people invested in the stories so that they want to come in and watch the shows and that's the problem yeah i have a lot of big picture concepts i want to introduce on tonight's program number one and people aren't going to like this and uh I don't really give a damn about that, as you know, Ryan, Justin. I've never <laughs> given a damn whether people like these takes or not. I'm going to give them because they need to know, they need to know. If you look at the history of the WWF, it really bears what I'm about to say out. Good matches is absolutely important. It's actually never been more important than it is in 2020. I'll acknowledge that. But more important is good hype. Mm. If you look throughout the history of wrestling, good hype is more important than actually doing a good match. Like if you can hype the shit out of a match and get a lot of people to tune in, even if that match is a little disappointing, that is a better scenario than underwhelming or poor build and great match. You don't want to get into that habit, which they are fully into because it's the easiest thing in the world. Like you said, with this talent roster to have a great match. NXT totally relies on it. They're built. I mean, they're built stinks. I think yeah. now we're starting to see it with them, mm-hmm. but they know well our the talent's going to deliver when we get to take over. So who cares? Well, you should care. Build is what builds your audience. That's why it's called build, right? Right. So um, that's something you know. I mean, how many main events in the Hulk Hogan era? And I know it's maybe not fair to compare that. It's maybe you know not apples to apples. How many of those main events were quote unquote good in the ring with Hogan on top? <laughs> Mania five, six, maybe kind a little of? bit. But outside of yeah. that, like, yeah. I've heard good things about a Warlord house show. <laughs> yeah, there was no build for that. But you know what I'm saying? Like, it, mm. it just shows the fact. I mean, you look at boxing and UFC, which I think are fair, you know, things to compare WWE to. You know, they'll do these huge numbers on pay-per-view still. And whether the match is good or not, I know, again, maybe it's not apples, apples. People don't really talk about that. People are just excited to see a big event. And I think the WWE's problem right now is, you know, WrestleMania always feels a big event, but it's just because it's happened. It's, and it's got that long history, that 35 plus year history. You know, yeah. pe- people just know what WrestleMania is. But outside of that, there's just really no big feel to this promotion. And that's the problem. Um, In addition to, I think, and we can, uh, I'll pick some of these apart as we go through the individual matches. There's some real fundamental issues with the creative process in the company. And what's frightening, maybe not frightening, frustrating, is that they seem to know it, but are just unwilling to change. And I'll highlight some of those as we go through the card, because um, there's too many titles and money in the bank stinks. And it kind of seems like they know that, but they just don't want to do away with it because it's what they always do. Mm-hmm. Meltzer had a really good quote about Survivor Series, and I'm going to stop talking right now to look that up 
because I want to share it with our listeners about okay. that shit. Yeah, I mean, what would we say? We saw an unsuccessful Money in the Bank cash-in during this show. I mean, Justin, what was the last impactful Money in the Bank cash-in? Impactful? That, like, was a, yeah, that was like a really fun, great moment because we've seen some unsuccessful ones recently. Like, when was the last it, big one? It makes my skin kind of crawl to say it, but at the at, at the very least at the moment, the Dolph Ziggler one. Um, but actually, you know, speaking Plus of Seth. that. Oh, Seth yeah, it. yeah. Touche. Yeah, yeah, Seth. Definitely. That one. That's was probably one. it. But speaking of that, some of that, my, I, I kind of want to fight back on the money in the bank thing is that part of the problem is that we're picking at it because we expect it to be successful, but they did a fan, pretty fantastic job of it tonight. Cause I think we all believe that uh, Miz was not ready to be world champion. And I, and I think a lot of people were afraid that they were going to uh, pull the trigger early on giving him the title with supposedly, you know, the USA network being upset with the ratings and whatnot, but mm -hmm. the money in the bank can still be a, a really useful tool for building drama because it really made the end of that McIntyre Styles match. It did, but here's the problem. There's only so many things you can do with it and they've been using it for 15 years. And you're right, it can be a useful tool, but the problem is, and we clearly saw that this year, is when you don't have an idea, a concrete set idea for how that person is going to use the briefcase... It is a total waste. Mm -hmm. And, you know, even if The Miz was ready, I, I got to be honest with you, man. You know, I, I can we go into this Wrestle Votes report that I saw today? Because I got fucking hot yeah. when I read this. <laughs> go for it. <laughs> okay. So for those who didn't see it, there's this Wrestle Votes, uh, and they've broken a lot of correct stories the year. So I have no reason to believe that this was wrong. Um, I'm going to bring it up here because I texted you guys and I got real real hot. So they tweeted uh, 4.05 p.m. today. Over the past day or so, the creative team was directed to come up with ideas for a Miz cash-in tonight on McIntyre, and according to a source, quote, they all sucked. The issues creatively aren't <laughs> exclusively on Vince. Okay. I'm not going to take a shot at Russell Votes because they're just reporting story here, but <laughs> I, I kind of hate that last sentence, actually, because that is so unfair to say about the creative team. Like, if you think that it's good booking for someone to walk in and be like, all right, Miz is cashing in his briefcase today just because, then you know nothing about professional wrestling, and you're stupid. <laughs> I just don't know any other way to say it. You're stupid if you like think that's good booking. You're just yeah. a dumb son of a bitch if you think that's good booking. <laughs> we I go. don't know any other way to say it. This um, is going to be a good So, story. like, I just think, like, when I talk about the creative process of WWE being fundamentally broken, this is what I'm referring to. Okay, you get a low rating. Well, we're going to have Miz cash in tonight. Well, Miz isn't fucking ready to be the champion, and nor should he be. Oh, well, we got to change it up. Well, how about coming up with a long-term idea? Something you can do down, and you can build to for February, March. Not, you know, Mike the Miz Mazanin, who's been around longer, who is a good performer, in his role, but he's been around forever, as long as anybody. A guy who's been around for 10 years doing a 15-year-old gimmick is not going to bring this business back. I'm sorry. If you think, like, oh, we're going to shake it up with The Miz tonight, if you think that's going to mean one iota of ratings, again, you're not a smart person. 
We got a comment in the chat here from uh, Chad. He says, this was a total throwaway pay-per-view. You guys are being too hard on WWE, not doing a great build for it. WrestleMania build starts tomorrow. Okay, I'm going off on that too now. <laughs> I knew you would. So. So here you go, Chad. That is a your s- Kyle rant. <laughs> I assume this is Chad Repack, my, the skinner of uh, Top Rope Nation, I might add. Um, oh, man. That's where he lives. He's, he's Skinner's neighbor. Um, and, if it's, and if it's not Chad Repeck, I apologize. <laughs> That's another problem they have with WrestleMania. You know, you guys, and I'm not picking on you, but you guys, there's a lot of people on our Facebook page that do this way too, sort of bemoan this idea of bringing in Goldberg, right, for WrestleMania. Well, why are they bringing in Goldberg? Because everyone else who's around 12 months a year is reduced to nothing by the time it's WrestleMania season. Mm-hmm. And this whole, like, I don't know what year this started. Maybe we put our heads together and we could come up with it. But um, this whole thing where, like, nothing that happens outside of Mania season is that big of a deal. And, oh, it's Mania season. Time to turn on all the good ideas. That's a stupid effing way to book, too. <laughs> well, I kind of had an issue with that with the with the kickoff show. Because, you know, the rumors have been indicating that Daniel Bryan might be the next challenger for Roman Reigns at the Royal Rumble. And, uh, you know, Daniel Bryan's in the kickoff show match tonight with no build. Was that match even announced? I wasn't even aware of that match until today. Uh, It was announced, I believe, today on Twitter.com. So there's all right. There's so many problems with this. You got this throwaway um, eight man tag. It's Daniel Bryan, Big E, Gable and Otis against Sami Zayn, Nakamura, Cesaro and Corbin. So out of that roster right there, you got Daniel Bryan, one of the I tweeted this out too, one of the great rest, maybe one of the greatest wrestlers of the last 20 years. Top five, probably um, one of the last real true organically over stars they've had whose career we thought was over three years ago, who miraculously comes back and we're blessed with this, you know, bonus time period of his career where everything he does should certainly make a difference or being used to elevate somebody in some fashion. He's in a freaking kickoff show match. Are you kidding me? Like you can't, you don't have anything better for Daniel Bryan than this. And then on top of Daniel Bryan, you got Big E, who people have been pining for to get into the world title picture, who's a guy people could get behind. He's in this match. I assume this is leading to an IC title match for him eventually. Sami Zayn's in the match. Uh, You got Nakamura. You know, we've talked a lot about Nakamura on the show in the past and his WWE run that hasn't been very successful and a lot of that is on wwe creative i mean we go back to the shows when he was first brought up to the main roster and we talked about how poorly they were booking him and the promos they were having him cut and everything and they basically ruined shinsuke nakamura who is one of the top five biggest japanese stars of the 21st century and five years ago everybody was talking about shinsuke nakamura people were excited when he came up to the main roster and that excitement got killed off rather quickly He's in an eight-man kickoff show throwaway match. I mean, the bigger point is that if Daniel Bryan is getting prepped to challenge Roman Reigns, like, this is not the way to do it. Like, how do you heat a guy up putting him in a kickoff show match at TLC? I I don't know. Yeah, go ahead. And he's not even, like, a key component of the match. Like, right. I, I'm kind of wondering if he really is going to challenge Roman at the Rumble because there has been absolutely nothing to indicate that. No. He would. I mean, I know that we read an internet rumor, but... Mm. Had that internet rumor not existed and Justin Joint was shaking his head, no, just a moment ago, there would be no idea. Like if if like somebody said right now, Daniel Bryan is going to challenge Roman Reigns 
we'd all be like, what? Yeah. No, I do, like, I do a return match with Owens. You know, yeah, where somehow that Uso feud seems to have legs. Yes, I'm, and we'll talk about that later. I thought that was the one match that did have very good build. Although it was a lot of it was on Talking Smack and not SmackDown <laughs> proper. But the less um, scripted show. Imagine yes. that. Oh, um, my other thing. So it wasn't just that you had eight guys, most of which your average WWE fan says are underused being quote unquote relegated to this pre-show eight man. Like not only that, but like it was so pedestrian. Like it was basically like, okay, we're going to have Biggie pin Sammy Zayn to uh, set up an IC title match. Okay. Otis and Chad Gable for like two minutes, you kind of do a thing, you know, we'll, we'll do a spot where, Gable's instructing him just so people get it that, you know, Chad Gable's the leader and Otis is the follower, but no one else really do anything interesting. Yeah. And just to join, I'm going to bring you in here because I know you're going to agree with this point. If you look at like 1988 to 1994 WCW, oh, you'll agree, Justin. There are so many great random six mans you can just find. True. Right? For that period, like multi-person matches. And I feel those matches are like the easiest matches to do or to be good because everyone just does a little shtick, gets their little shine. No one overstays their welcome. Couple interesting interactions. Boom, you go home, right? They didn't even do that here. It was just like everyone just do the bare minimum and Biggie will get his pin and we because that's all that's important and we'll move on. And it's just, it's kind of a waste of all these guys. To your point, Ryan, like, let them go, man. Let them do interesting stuff. Don't tie their hands behind their back. And I tweeted about this. I don't put the pedestrian nature of this match on the performers. I put it on the environment fostered around them. Yeah. Yeah. When I interviewed Owens on Thursday, he talked about how he hoped that this match here with Reigns tonight was like the start of a story and it wouldn't just be like a one-time thing. And I'm hoping so too, because like you said, Kyle, I think this has more legs for sure. And uh, you could see how they could definitely transform this into a another match do something where uso can't get involved you know they could have a cage match they could put uso up in a cage <laughs> they could do a lot of different things uh you know the la- the last time uh owens and reigns worked at the rumble you had jericho up in the shark cage above the ring they could do that with jimmy uso or jay mm-hmm. uso this time maybe jimmy uso uso number two yeah <laughs> Who knows? But uh, I would love to see them have a return match, and I really like that match to be more positive. And once we get into the main show proper here, I think we're going to be. Yeah, a lot I think more we're going to be more positive. positive. I, I yeah. just people need to know that was you know the tweets that you sent and the rants we just went. I, I think the reason we're doing that is because you know is to tell you why WWE is in the shape it's in. You know, all the times that people complain, oh, why is WWE in this shape? It's not because, oh, you know, I would have such and such do this match next week. No. It's to kind of explain the broader picture here. Because this show did over-deliver, and I think we're about ready to get into that. Yeah. Football is back in full swing. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Bet BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. And don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE 
at betonline.ag. That's Blue Wire, all one word. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. 2020 has already reshaped how we work, and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job site, according to Comscore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly, so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. And now, Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria that you can contact the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. So real quick, uh, the fan vote on our Twitter page at Top Rope Nation right now, we've got 43% of respondents giving it an A, 38 at a B, uh about 14% at a C and 5% chose the D or F option. So most people thought an A or Trolls. a B. <laughs> 80% of respondents. You're telling me, man, 43% of Twitter are always uh, are definitely trolls. <laughs> we got we got about 60 votes. Out of the 60 votes, yeah, about 80% gave the show an oh. A or B. So I mean like it it definitely delivered in the ring like we're talking about, uh, but we're we're talking about the broader issues that are impacting WWE right now and, and why they are losing so many viewers each and every week uh but uh can, know, can i can I, I found that Meltzer quote i just yeah, went, that yeah. i promised i don't want people who are listening to be like oh what is, was this idiot forget about that here we go um there were no ramifications to any of the matches this was about survivor series Meltzer wrote this but this is the sentence that really struck me much of the booking was just trying to get out of scenarios that the strict rules they followed on matchmaking got them into and i feel like survivor series is the worst example of that but I feel that the majority of WWE pay-per-views can fall um, under the specter of that sentence. You've got all these titles, you know, again, you have a money in the bank winner. You have to do something with that person every year. And it's, there's only so many things you can do. Um, and this show seemed to acknowledge money in the bank can be a tired gimmick. Mm-hmm. It seemed to acknowledge there's too many champions because how many women's singles titles matches were there on this show? One. Yes. How many men's tag team title matches were there on this show? <laughs> One. Yes. Um, I do, even though they were the best matches, I still, and I th- I mentioned this on the end of our last show, I think it's a problem when you do, first of all, I don't like having two world champions. I'll get to that maybe in a little bit, but two TLC matches. You know, it just... It makes it, it's very formulaic, the booking, where it's like, well, we've got champions, they have to defend at these shows. And it's just like, you know, now at the same time, the one quote creative thing they tried to do that they ended the show with was the shits. 
So um, maybe, I don't know, maybe they should just stick to title matches. So I, I, I just think, um, you know, again, when I talk about the creative process being broken, those are some more examples. Yeah. So before we go any further, and we're going to break down the card now and some of the highlights and everything, I do want to mention, uh, if you are listening to the podcast version, you're out there on Apple or Spotify or Stitcher, please hit subscribe if you haven't already. Leave us that five-star rating. Leave us a written review. We would greatly, greatly appreciate that. Give us a little present as 2020 comes to an end. Each and every review matters so much to us. And if you leave a written review, leave your Twitter or Instagram username so that I can get a hold of you so I can send you a free Top Rope Nation sticker in the mail for your troubles. Take just a couple of minutes to do so uh, also you know if you don't want to leave the written review just tap the five star rating It'll take you 20 seconds to do it and if you're watching the show here on youtube hit subscribe hit that like button it would help us out quite a bit all right and you know, all the links to patreon and and uh, our merch store and all that is in the description of this podcast and or youtube video so if you're interested and you want to support the show in other ways you can find it in the description of the show so, guys, uh, the show started out with uh, Drew McIntyre defending the WWE title against AJ Styles. And I was pretty pumped for this one. Uh, when when AJ went to Raw, I was thinking, you know, this is the match I want to see. We got it tonight at a, a B-level pay-per-view. And I thought these guys <laughs> delivered. This was, uh, boy, I think this was my favorite match of the entire night. And it let off the show. Were you looking forward to this the same as Owens Reigns? I would say pretty equal. Okay, I wow. Would, yeah, See, I think for me, it was clearly below Owens and Reigns, I thought, based on the build. Although they did yeah. a good job with the video package. Yeah. See, for me, this is one of those circumstances where build-wise, definitely looking forward to Owens and Reigns more. But going in, you just knew that Styles and McIntyre, McIntyre, who's having just a kind of phenomenal year as world champion, especially as far as match quality goes, you knew that him and styles are going to pull out all the stops to have a great match. Yeah. I mean, but that's to our earlier, but, but it's kind of to exactly our earlier to point. point. Yeah, yeah. 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 We knew that that was going to be a great one between the ropes and reigns and Owens has been, you know, everything reigns does is the best actual storylines going on television, the best created by far. I mean, that was the best built match, even though it's only been building up for a couple of weeks. Uh, but to your point about the uh, the video package, it shows you how strong WWE's department is there in video production. We've often highlighted this on the show, but like for all the matches that are not built well on television, they get you so hyped for them in those hype videos. And it's just a credit to the people working behind the scenes that you can watch that. And they make TV look so much better than it yeah, actually is. Because they take is. out all the shitty stuff, <laughs> yeah. like you know some of that bad stuff with Miz and Morrison and, and Sasha and Carmella. Yeah. I think was we'll talk about that was a even more shining example. There was a certain segment that wasn't even, you know, <laughs> featured in the video package. But yeah, yeah. Th th this was a really good match um, that got really hot at the end. And, you know, Money in the Bank, that did help it. Uh, but make no mistake about it, the right guy went over here. Yeah, I, I got a little nervous when the when the Miz came out because you know reading all this stuff about WWE getting very worried about the ratings and everything. I'm like, oh my god, I hope they're not going to do this because it's not Drew McIntyre's fault. He's been one of the highlights this year, and I got pretty worried. But it definitely added to the drama of the match because you could have seen it going either of the three directions, and so I mean, I was on the edge of my seat watching it and. 
I thought Drew did such an awesome job selling the leg throughout this match, and they told a great story with AJ attacking the leg with the chairs, and he put the calf crusher on his on his leg through the chair, which was really a really really cool spot. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, I loved it. I thought it delivered in a big big way. Justin, you got anything? I loved the uh, chair shot from Morrison onto it was it almost. His yep. name, mm-hmm. where the chair just fell apart. Yeah, that was, that was yeah, fantastic. That, that was that, that was a great spot. I, I want to touch on him in a little bit here too. Interesting match. The first half, there was no climbing whatsoever. They were not working at like a standard ladder match. So it was a little different in that regard. Uh, Drew McIntyre is he the baby face that they wanted Roman Reigns to be? I saw somebody tweet that, and I made sure to make note of that because I wanted to bring it up on the show because I think he is. It's hard to, it's hard to say because we haven't had the crowd for most of his run, but I would lean towards yeah. yes because he got such an unbelievable reaction in Houston at the Royal Rumble that I assume had he won uh, had he won the title at Raymond James Stadium in Tampa, it would have been a freaking awesome moment. I hate it for him that he didn't get that. Uh, but I got to imagine if the crowd was there, they'd be behind him quite and a bit. A dominant Babyface champion that wins. What a concept. He he benefits from not having another babyface that the crowd would prefer to win that kind of just killed the push from the start in Daniel Bryan. Yes, with Reigns. I, yes, you're I, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, I, ideally, what WWE wanted Roman Reigns to be in 2015, uh, I, I kind of get the vibe that that's what Drew McIntyre now is. I want to talk about almost, I, I loved the spot with him just no selling the chair, breaking on his back and him taking Miz out. You know, he was one of the guys reportedly that was sent back to uh, brush it up and on his skills at the PC. I don't know if you guys saw that report. Mm-hmm. If I'm WWE, okay, because, you know, you kind of watched his aftermath and he was kind of moving slow and stuff. And you could probably tell he is a very raw project. But if I'm WWE, I'm getting Mark Henry. I'm getting the big show. I'm having them work with this guy night and day. And you talk about long-term planning. My goal is they have this on, they didn't do it last year because the pandemic, but they have this Andre the giant battle Royal every year. Right. Mm-hmm. Besides that, <coughs> pardon me. I'm getting him ready for that match. At WrestleMania this year. He's throwing every single person in the match out to win. Yeah. And to get a guy over because with that size, it's the easiest thing in the world to get over. And that's what I, that, that, that's my idea for him. Him scooping up the Miz and just like carrying him like a baby and just drop it, dropping him outside was mm-hmm. so funny. <laughs> mm-hmm. So good. Yeah. 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 The, yeah. The ending was great. Drew retains definitely the, uh, the right decision. Uh, I wrote down the finish. I don't know that I need to really run through it. You kind of hit on what happened. Uh, Morrison got stalked up the ramp. Uh, left the other three guys in the ring. Uh, Drew sold his leg. AJ got back in the ring. They climbed up the ladder as Drew was hopping rung by rung, which was really cool. And then the Miz set up a ladder next to them. Uh, AJ got pushed off, leaving Drew in the Miz. Uh, Drew eventually pus- pushed the Miz off. But then AJ springboarded back onto the ladder. Uh, AJ and Drew were fighting. Drew falls. So then it's Miz and AJ up on the ladder. 
but Drew tips their ladder over, sending them both into the ropes. AJ goes to the outside. Miz still in the ring, receives a Claymore kick, and Drew climbs up, gets the belt to retain. Still WWE champion. Excellent, excellent match. I'd go like four to four and a quarter stars on it, I would say, personally. Uh, maybe a little hard. I mean, I like to always watch a match a second time yeah. to feel comfortable with the rating. But yeah, I, I could co-sign four. I, I think you said earlier that this was your match of the night, and I would mm-hmm. tend to agree with that assessment. Very nice. I always knew you were a smart man, Kyle Ross. Do we think that they wasted the cash-in moment? We had a comment in the chat. No. 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 Money in the bank is... They just didn't have a good idea. Like, I'm going to... So, I think all three of us, as well as most of the listeners and people around the world, would agree that now was not a good time to have the Miz cash-in. That wasn't going to do anything. I don't know if there was ever a good time for the Miz to cash in. I mean, I was texting with you guys, the Miz beating Drew McIntyre in 2020, 2021, even with like the cheap cash in, that just doesn't do it for me, brother. Yeah. Maybe three years ago. <laughs> we were, yeah, we were pretty just, high on the Miz back then. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm not saying the Miz is bad. I just think Drew McIntyre is the guy and I just don't think you want, and, and it goes back to my point about money in the bank. If it's just a tired gimmick, it, uh, an idea, by the way, that I brought up when we previewed the 2018 money in the bank pay-per-view people go back to the archives and check that out. Yeah. Um, I, I just, I, I don't think you want someone to cash in on McIntyre just cause they have to. So, mm-hmm. you know, they, they didn't, they just didn't have a good idea this year for the men's. Uh, briefcase and and I don't know, man. I I just I I I, I could do without Money in the Bank if they didn't do it in 2021. I would not lose a wink of sleep. Same. You know Same. who had a good cash in was Rob Van Dam. I liked that because it was so different. Remember, he he was very much like I knew the second I won this when I wanted to do this ECW's pay per view. Mm-hmm. Like that was a cool idea. The whole heel sneaks in and that is so tired, man. Yeah, I agree. So the women's title match, Sasha up against Carmella. There had been some talk in recent weeks. If uh, WWE would get petty and have Sasha lose since Snoop is going to be appearing, appearing on AEW dynamite. Oh, for the love <laughs> of Christ, who is saying that a, a lot of people and I mean, for good reason, WWE is pretty petty like that. So, I mean, I was, you know, I got to say, though, Carmella has been one of the most improved people on this roster over the last (laughs) couple of years. I mean, seriously, go back and look at when she was with uh, Big Cass and the the tag team, Enzo. You like to imagine that she would be ultimately the biggest star. I don't think people would have thought that. I mean, that tag team. The lone remaining person, yes. Um, but she she is I mean she's improved a lot in the ring. Uh I think this character is suiting her really well and I mean she had a good performance. This this match kicked ass. Uh, she hung with Sasha Banks and you know a couple of years ago people probably wouldn't have thought Carmella could do that. Uh she was a a logical challenger here and you 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 kind of bought that she might have a chance at victory. Uh, but you know as the match wore on, she was kind of getting frustrated and upset and that ended up costing her. So I, I thought they told a good story again. And at this point, I thought the show was two for two. Yeah. I didn't mind Reginald, the sommelier either. I thought he added to the match. You yeah. know, uh, I think that's a good gimmick. Wrestling needed a sommelier in my opinion. <laughs> um, this match to me is exhibit a of the point we were making at the top of the show match over delivers after lousy build. Cause the build for this 
uh, was not particularly enthralling. There was a segment on SmackDown. It, it opened the show, I believe it was two weeks ago, Ryan. I, I texted you. Uh, oh, I texted after, you. Oh, well, you texted me to watch it. Um, <laughs> and, I, and I know why, and I thank you. But, um, <laughs> uh, you know, I, re- I then replied with that may have been the nadir of promo cutting in the history of this business. And it wasn't again. It's not on the two performers. I mean, you know, just again, they're obviously confirmed top rope nation listeners because they shoehorned uh, Queens Gambit references (laughs) into it. (laughs) Yes, that was great. So, and then they do like an impression, like none of the build made me excited about this match, but yeah, Carmella totally worked her ass off. Sasha, of course, worked her ass off. And, and this match was much better than it had any right to be going. And I don't think anybody thought Carmella um, had a chance to win here. I, I know that you referenced the, I mean, that's the only fit, like the kind of the rumor and innuendo mm. there reference Ryan is the only reason they think she might, but she shouldn't go over. Um, she didn't, but she had a very nice accounting for herself. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't really know what you do with her. You know, this character, I don't really know what this character is, to be blunt with you. Like, I, I don't really know how Carmella is that. I mean, I know she's a heel now, but I don't really, and I don't really know how she's that much different from like previous heel Carmella. She, she likes wine, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, okay. Yeah. I mean, I think I think with what they're giving her, she's been doing a pretty good job and uh, excelling. And this match, like you said, over-delivered, for sure. Uh, where do you go with Sasha long-term as the champion? I mean, I know they're doing Bailey and Bianca Belair mm-hmm. as a program. Like, what's who's her mania challenger? What, what is the SmackDown women's title match at WrestleMania? I mean, I Where's think everyone, Chad at? Oh, it all yeah. starts tomorrow. Where you at, buddy? <laughs> I, think, I think everyone wants to see Bianca Belair in that spot. And I guess you could do Bianca and Sasha because Sasha can always ha- kind of have that heelish kind of edge to her. So I could see him doing that. Or do they uh, go back to Sasha Bailey since that match does well in terms of the metrics? I could I could see him doing that and having Bailey win the title back and then going Bailey, Bianca Belair. But I got to figure Bianca Belair has to figure into it. By the time you get to Mania. If not, I think that's a mistake. It's new. I mean, you look at... It's so funny. Um, you look at all that talent uh, on the women's side stashed on NXT and what you've... And kind of just the dearth of options you've got on the main roster. Man, there needs to be some call-ups, mm-hmm. I think, moving forward. Because... Well, Ripley's just supposedly not, imminent is what we were hearing yeah. for a while. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's just not a lot of fresh matchups, really, Uh you know, outside of Bianca Belair uh, it, it, on either Raw or SmackDown, quite frankly, in terms of the women. But yeah, two for two match, yeah. matches at this point. So we get to the uh, the tag title match, the Raw tag titles, and it's the Hurt Business against New Day. And I think going in, this was logically the one where you could imagine a title change, and that's exactly what we got. So uh, Shelton Benjamin, once again, holding WWE gold, which is pretty cool. Uh, him and Cedric had a great match with the New Day here. We're three for three at this point. Uh, I was kind of in and out trying to get my kids to bed during this match. But oh. uh, from what I saw, it was very good. Uh, a lot of the the feedback on social media was incredibly positive on this one as well from what I was seeing. And hey, I'm just happy for Shelton Benjamin, man. I I'm going way back with Shelton Benjamin. I always loved this guy and to see him excelling here. I think the hurt business is, is a really good stable. I thought our guy, Kyle Ryan had a, a, uh, a great tweet on our top room nation account during this match. I don't know if you guys saw that with the space jam reference. 
had a, I missed that one. I was actually about ready to reference something else I tweeted. Or. Oh, he he put up like uh, where they had the you know the water bottle in Space Jam with like the special drink or whatever. Oh yeah, yeah, I did see like that. MVP now. I special drink or whatever. I thought that was pretty good. Yeah, but uh, no, I I thought you know from what I saw it was it was a pretty good match. Do you guys have anything on this one? Uh, just from what you said about uh, excited to see Shelton Benjamin with the titles, I feel the same way about Cedric Alexander. I, I love the spotlight they've been putting on him. Uh, and I'll be curious to see where it goes going forward, talking about stories where he kind of uh, snuck in to get the tag on Shelton to, to kind of leave him hanging to get the mm. pin on Kofi. So Yeah, that uh, was subtle enough that mm-hmm. it wasn't like, okay, it's definitely going to you know, be something right away. But yeah, it was something to keep an eye on. And it's, uh, um, I thought it was a neat little thing to, uh, you know, marked out and kind of a monitor moving forward. Uh, what I did tweet, I know to the um, show account was the title change made sense here because the hurt business is just a fresher act at this mm-hmm. point. You know, you, again, we go back to this whole specter of USA allegedly being mad at WWE. I think you want fresher acts on top. And, you know, it's not to say that New Day's bad. It's not, I'm not saying they should be given the old yeller treatment. I'm not saying that they should be, you know, homeless for the holidays. I'm not saying any of that. They're a very fine tag. They're one of the finest teams in the history of this promotion. I just think you want to have some new, fresh faces on top. And the Hurt Business is a, a fresher act. And, you know, them holding the tag titles and the U.S. title, I think, is a smart move. They've kind of been one of the uh, better quote-unquote, fresher acts of 2020 overall in the promotion. Not just relative to New Day, but I mean, you know, in terms of an act that was created with during this year, I think they're one of the better ones. I think the uh, the results of this one, though, like also point to a greater problem because in the immediate aftermath of this, uh, and someone just said it in the chat, Aaron said, where does New Day go from here? So I saw a lot of, lot of uh, people commenting on Twitter that, Oh, this will be great because New Day is going to be better chasing the titles here. And the greater problem is that (laughs) who are the challengers? And there's just not a lot of depth having two tag team champions, right? Like Street Profits weren't on this show. There's no need to have two tag team champions because you don't have enough challengers. And so, I mean, it probably is just going to continue with the New Day. And, you know, you're getting the same stuff over and over. (laughs) It's good to switch it to have Hurt Business holding the titles here. But, you know, I'd like to see him do something fresh. Yeah, And, yeah, you're right. There isn't that immediate fresh challenger that comes to mind or a challenging team. And, yeah, I mean, that's a problem when you have two teams. These teams wrestled a lot already. You know, I mean, I think coming in, a lot of people are like, oh, God, these guys again. Remember I sent you guys that press release WWE did about this match and I was like this might be the worst professional job I've ever seen of attempting to build up a match I've ever yeah. seen in 30 years of watching yeah. wrestling it was like so it's like <laughs> have, is the Hurt Business learned their lesson or will the power of positivity reign supreme like, it was just I, I was looking through my phone to see if I had it I couldn't have it but god it was on WWE.com it was it was very poorly written drivel but god bless the Hurt Business um, I thought it was a good match, and yeah, right team won three for three in uh, terms maybe, of right, maybe, right maybe, people going over in good matches. Maybe eventually you can build up like AJ and Amos as a tag team to challenge once he's trained enough at the performance. Maybe, center. yeah. I mean, I mean, well, I mean, you know, right? That's not a bad spot because I mean, AJ can do ninety five percent of the work and stuff. Yeah. He can just have almost come into a big spot. Yeah, I don't know. So, all right, then we got what was I think you know a predictable 
return, but the right call here. Uh, there was some controversy about the spoiler earlier in the day, but I think everyone pretty much assumed this was going to be Charlotte Flair, unless he got a surprise NXT call-up at this point. But, uh, of course, Charlotte returns with Asuka to take on Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler for the women's tag titles. Of course, only one set here of, of women's tag team championships, which is the uh, the right decision. And uh, just like Charlotte returning was the right decision, because anytime Charlotte Flair is in a match, it does feel bigger. And, uh, you know, just having her back on TV is, is a good thing. She's been gone since June. So it was good to see her back. Uh, good match again. Uh, you know. I thought it seemed like it was fairly short. I didn't look up the match times, but uh, uh, I think Asuka and Charlotte winning the titles here is the right decision, and eventually you can build up some dissension between the two of them. Uh, but what did you guys make of uh, Charlotte's return? Um, I, I was going to say that it's probably leading to Asuka and Charlotte one-on-one yeah. because I don't know what else you're doing with Asuka. I, mean, I think that's you know, an issue people have really been beating on for a while that they don't have a lot of challenges set for her. You, uh, I do agree with you as much criticism as Charlotte gets. She is one of the few that they do protect as a star and she therefore comes across as a star. Um, you know, I, I was needling our buddy Kyle Ryan about this match because he was like, ah, I think you do a no contest. There's like, brother, there's only one finish. Okay. And I was very <laughs> glad that it was not Shayna Baszler tapping out to the Figure eight, by the way. When I saw yes. it, I was like, okay, come on, don't do that. And when she got it, I was like, okay, thank you. We can. Um, so uh, she still took the fall, though, right? Uh, yes, she did. Okay. Yeah. So, um, but at least she didn't tap. Uh, you know, mystery partners should almost always win, especially as a baby face. I mean, it's really bad. Like, if it's like, you know, a mystery partner comes out and they still lose, unless if it's a like a turn. Um, so. This was, yeah, I, I, the people who were upset about the spoiler, I, that had me scratching my head a little bit in the sense that I, I saw people days ago before Meltzer wrote that saying, okay, it's obviously going to be Charlotte. Because you're right, it's either going to be Charlotte or an NXT call-up. And in this case, Charlotte made sense because she was taken out by who? Nia Jax. Yeah. So it actually made sense. Now, why Asuka would care about that and reach out to her, may, we shall see. But, um, yeah, I thought it was logical. Oh, I, you're laughing. I, I got to read this. So I just saw my notifications light up. I'm going to put this guy in blast because he's an effing moron. Uh, so someone someone replied to my tweet earlier tonight, you know, from hours ago, being mad at Daniel Bryan being in that opening match. Here's what someone who doesn't know or understand the business of professional wrestling. Oh, here we go. Let's get nasty on the listeners. If you want to tweet an absolute moron, I'm sure this guy doesn't listen to the podcast. Tweet at the Nightmaker one because he responded to my Daniel Bryan being in the kickoff show tweet by saying, quote, Daniel Bryan is at the stage of helping advance other wrestlers. But couch bookers like you wouldn't think to that level, even when the man has said so himself. Hey, moron, he's not advancing anybody in an eight-man yeah. tag on the kickoff show. Who did Daniel Bryan advance? moron. <laughs> but thanks for responding to my tweet, dipshit. Okay. Oh, I love it. Let's get real nasty on people. <laughs> I just I like how that's such probably... a stupid response. Yeah, I mean, some of these people really on Twitter.com. It's funny. Is this, I mean, is this a bad time to tell you guys that the Nightmaker is my burner account? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I should respond. Please tune into the latest episode of Top Rope Nation where I made you famous. Yes. yes. Uh, what a uh, moron. Okay. Anyway, sorry. 
I no, I, 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 had a, I had a larger. Well, yeah, I mean, he tried to make a Drew Gulak, and I, how'd that go? You know? <laughs> or I, I love Drew. Maybe I'll respond with that one. That was one of the best main roster matches of the year, by the way, at Elimination <laughs> Chamber. But, it, yeah, it didn't help him. So, yeah, come on now. Um, Let's bring it back to the athletes, though. Uh, the women's tag, yeah, I, I think it was the right call. Uh, You know, and, you know, Nia and Shayna, I don't mind that act. To be honest with you, I mean, I'm not a big Nia Jax fan. I know she's not like most girls, but um, (laughs) still, still just gets grinds my gears when she like was like going off about Ronda Rousey allegedly being an unsafe worker. I've heard it all now. (laughs) Aaron says in the chat, I'm here for heel Ryan. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard it all. Yeah. So they, they might get it back when Oscar and Charlotte you know, inevitably split up. Do, do we think Oscar and Charlotte is the long-term direction here, possibly even for Mania as far as the oh, yeah. Raw women's title goes? Because yeah. what else is there in, <laughs> in lieu of a call-up? Yeah, other than doing a rematch with Ripley or something. I mean, yeah, you would think. Yeah. So, And there's only one finish there again, right? They'll, they'll all build us up thinking Asuka's going to get revenge for that loss at Mania New Orleans, and nope, Charlotte's going to win with the big leg. <laughs> yep. Oh, Charlotte right. must pose. <laughs> all right, universal title: Roman Reigns, Kevin Owens. Um, I tweeted out during this that uh, KO was basically playing Chuck Webner here, and probably most of my followers are like, "Who the hell is Chuck Webner?" Look at those old references again. Muhammad Ali, the real <laughs> life Rocky man. Yeah, but I mean that's what it was, right? It was it was Kevin yeah. Owens somehow hanging on, taking all of this abuse, going through table after table, just like barely conscious, but living on to fight another day. At one point, Reigns was like climbing the ladder, and he's laughing and he's shocked that there's KO grabbing at him again. Like the guy will not die. Told a great story. I mean, this is like to Justin's point, this and the opening match were the best matches for sure. And I could see how you would pick this one because it's just the, the drama throughout and Owens was awesome in this match. Reigns has been awesome since he returned and uh great stuff. Uh, Justin, why don't you tell us what, what stood out to you? What did you like so much about this one? Here's the thing for me about this match is that, you know, in, in the opening match, once you got Miz in there, it was kind of a free for all where anybody could win. And maybe even going in, you you thought there was a good chance that Miz could cash in and win, or maybe they put it on Styles in a panic move. Going into this match, the only move is to have Roman Reigns win this match. It just didn't doesn't make any sense to put it on Owens. And this match was so good that uh, there was two separate moments where I legit was like, "Holy crap! They're going to let Owens win the title here." Uh, and I and I think that says a lot to the performers in the story that they told in this match. First half of it, I you know was kind of whatever, but man, once they got going with that final act, uh, it was just superb. Yeah, Kyle. To your earlier point, Ryan, about you know possibly this feud having more legs and maybe continuing on to the rumble. I thought there was actually an argument maybe Owens wins. Here, as good as Roman's been, just to like, if you're going to shake things up and get the audience, I mean, get them believing in Kevin Owens, because Kevin Owens did a great job in this build. Again, it was on Talking Smack. And I would love to talk to somebody like a Chris Harrington, who works for AEW and does such a great job with their analytics, about why you have the stuff that makes you want to see the match more not on your main television. Like, is that just a, 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 
the kind of a happenstance. Cause like, I just don't know why those promos were not all over SmackDown. And you know, the one happened, you know, after the go home SmackDown. I mean, again, it's 2020. I'm not an idiot. You can blast this stuff out through social media. I mean, that's why I would want to talk to a, a sharp guy like a Chris Harrington. Like, it, does it just not matter if it's not on your TV? Cause you can just blast this out and all your social media people watch it. Cause that was some of the best interview stuff I've seen in WWE in a long, t- like all year, the, the back and forth between Owens and Heyman on talking smack. I mean, I think we know the answer and that's freedom, right? Mm-hmm. The, the, the actual uh, artists have freedom on talking smack as to where they don't, on the main show. Yeah, I mean, the, none of, I mean, the stuff they did on SmackDown proper was not bad, but it wasn't as good as those two interviews, right? Right. So, I mean, I, I just found that to be compelling. And again, this was the best build. Um, did this match need blood? Didn't you know, need it, would have helped. Yeah. All right, here's the thing, okay? It's funny because blading is viewed as this really barbaric thing. Okay, and, I, and I'll be honest with you. You tell people who are non fans about wrestling, and you tell them, yeah, you know, a guy just takes a razor blade to his forehead and gets a little color. You know, sometimes you get some weird looks when you tell people that. I do that. I work <laughs> to go home early all the time. Okay, hey, there you go. <laughs> um, like, in terms of the wrestler's health, is it getting like thrown like on all these ladders and through table like worse for their yes. health, probably? Yes. Yeah. So, like, 100%. And, 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 but like at the same time, I don't know about you guys. I'm almost at a point where I'm kind of numb with table spots and getting like slammed onto ladders. Whereas the visual of blood, I don't know what this says about me. It really never gets old. I think it's a better plot uh, device than just, you know, throwing a guy through six tables. That's probably why we have all these matches that go 10 minutes longer than they probably should is that the only way they think they can translate, you know, exhaustion and being tired and reaching your limits is by going overboard with, you know, long matches. Whereas before you could just do a little color and that shows it all. Michael Cole had an interesting, uh, (laughs) match behind the mic on this. Was, what did he call? Was it, I'm trying to remember now because I don't have the tweets in front of me. Did he call a power bomb a spine buster through the table? <laughs> was that he kept doing it? And then they finally like did a spine buster. I can't remember. So, somebody was having a field day with this. Oh, with yeah, I, didn't, I missed that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so wouldn't you say though? I mean, like by the way, traditionally WWE has booked in the past. You know, Uh-oh. the distant past now. And I, di- I didn't think it was going to happen. I'm just saying, like, you know, you got Kevin Owens getting the ECW treatment at the end of SmackDown where he's getting buried with the chairs in the ring and getting beat down every week. Yet they do like the WWE Chronicle documentary on him yesterday. Which was good, I heard. I have not watched it yet. But again, that goes back to what we- what's the worst part about WWE? Their actual television, not their Chronicles, which gets Agreed. you emotionally yes. invested in your characters, whereas the TV doesn't. But what I'm saying is, like, traditionally, that would be, like, building up a guy for a title win, right? <laughs> so, I mean, they did it. They did a good job of that, which is why I hope this isn't the end and we do see a rematch at the Royal Rumble. That it, remains to be seen. But uh, it's, yeah. it's not particularly rewarding if you're a fan. 
right? Just to see the guy you're rooting for just get his ass kicked all the time. Okay, we could talk about you know Chuck Wepner, Rocky, all this business. Yeah, we could talk about it. And, and we like that stuff, and it helps Roman. But people eventually like seeing the heroes win. Yeah. And what do you do with Kevin Owens, I think, is a thing. Because he, he, he deserves a lot. I mean, he's a guy who, you know, as poor as WWE creative can be, always seems to overcome it. He always seems to ha- keep his head above water. I, I think he is, is truly one of the, you know, premier performers in this organization. And my hat's off to him. I, ho- I hope, to your point, Ryan, he does get, you know, an extended program here or something moving forward because he absolutely deserves it mm-hmm. yeah agree 100 so i, I want to uh, talk about something before we get to this main event mm-hmm. because this again kind of speaks to that Meltzer quote that i used earlier and some of the fundamental issues i disagree with on wwe okay roman reigns is very good right i mean imagine these people who thought he wasn't good remember i used to make fun of those people how smart is this podcast <laughs> years <laughs> ago years and years ago yes not thinking Roman Reigns was a good pro wrestler. I mean, what a jackass you got to be to think that. <laughs> um, Drew McIntyre is having a damn good year, right? Yeah. Okay. In canon, there are no the, the two top people in WWE are Drew McIntyre, Roman Reigns, right? Yeah. Okay. I mean, th- there's just no doubt about it. The problem with WWE is you've got your two top guys, and because you have the split, the two brands with their separate but equal quote-unquote world champions they can't work in the main event of the biggest show of the year and i was what really got me thinking about this is you know the the podcast to do with liam and we're talking about this hogan warrior dynamic the 1a 1b and the story of wwe f in 90 and 91 seemed to be they could never get two heels hot at the same time for those guys and so one of them was always kind of cold. It was ironically the guy who wasn't the champion in both years. Um, but like I look at it, it's so much harder to have two hot world title programs than to have one really good one. And if this was any other promotion in any other time in history, Drew McIntyre, Roman Reigns is the match for WrestleMania, right? It's your two yeah. top guys. They need it. One's a baby face. One's a heel. That's the match. But you can't do it. And so when people are complaining about Goldberg, realize that this is a byproduct of the WWE system. It's not Goldberg's fault. Mm-hmm. He's just a guy cashing up. Hey, you're getting paid millions of dollars to do five minutes of work. My, my hat's off to you. <laughs> okay? It's not Goldberg's fault. I mean, it's the fact that WWE renders everyone meaningless outside of Mania season to that point earlier that Chad made. Yeah. So, I, I, again, I think the two world titles is a problem. Mm-hmm. Agreed. I mean, we've said it over and over in the show. You don't you don't need two world champions. You'd be stronger just having one, a traveling champion that goes back and forth. Mm-hmm. So, Kyle, I want to ask you, was this Inferno match, Firefly Inferno or whatever it was called, was this better uh, optically and in, and in the ring and outside of the ring? Was it better than uh, Kane and The Undertaker? You know, I, I thought about that. Um, it's the same. I, I remember being really hyped at for Unforgiven 98. Product mm-hmm. is red hot, no pun intended at that time. You know, hey, they're going to do an Inferno match to headline. And I remember being very disappointed. 
when I was 18 years old, or I might have been 17, about to turn 18 when that match happened. I've never seen a good Inferno match. Uh, I don't anticipate ever seeing one. And I just thought that this whole deal was kind of something. You talk about build. This was the dirt worst build of anything on the show. This Firefly Funhouse smells and that character, like the we said, the non-fiend part of the Bray Wyatt act is awful. Yeah, like embarrassing, and that's what should have been set on fire. Never to return. <laughs> Voices tonight. of Wrestling had a great tweet about this the other day, which I 100 percent agreed with. They, I they saw were talking, it. Yes, yes. They're talking about how that should be done away with, and how the only people that like it are the hardcores, and they're going to be coming back anyways. Anyone that tunes in and sees that Firefly Funhouse garbage is turned off immediately. That is not reaching any new viewers. The Fiend himself, I could see how that could draw some people in, but they should have ditched that Funhouse stuff long ago. Once, <laughs> once he debuted as the Fiend character when he uh, squashed Finn Balor at that SummerSlam, yeah. mm-hmm. there should have been no more Firefly Funhouse. Go back and check in the archives. About the show, I remember I made a specific note because I got a little nervous when The Fiend was getting hot. I was like, oh, shit, are we going to be proven wrong? And I don't like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're ultimately proven right. It rarely when, happens. Yes. When the Firefly Funhouse debuted, Ryan Drosty is the host of this fine program. You threw it around the horn and said, what do we think about this character? And we all kind of really didn't know what to think. But we all had the same conclusion. It ain't a main event gimmick. And that has bared fruit over the last year and a half. It was silly once it begat the Fiend character, who I think if you want him to be a babyface, I think could be a cool ass kicker. Yeah. You know, I don't need all this supernatural voodoo nonsense. Like, can can you imagine? I mean, I know we're all getting kind of old now, but (laughs) can you imagine if you're back in college and you're a wrestling fan and you were trying to get your friends into it? And you have them watch the show like Monday Night Raw and they see that Firefly Funhouse shit come on. Like, oh, wouldn't be you be embarrassed? Oh, I'd be humiliated. I would this drop is, out of college. This is not doing it. I would, it's just I would drop terrible. Out. It's oh. horrible. Yes. I mean, like, and the build, you just watch it. You're sitting there. And I mean, look, we're all married. You're, you, you start rubbernecking. Oh, God, I hope the wife doesn't walk in right now. <laughs> I mean, it smells, man. It's bad. Justin, and, you're and, quiet. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm enjoying the conversation. You guys keep going. And if there is one feud they did not need to call back to, it was the 2017 Bray Wyatt-Randy Orton feud. I mean, did we really need to go? I mean, like, if there was a loose end that needed tied up, it wasn't that one. So th- this is what I went into with the least expectations, the least hope. When it main evented, I was like, oh, no. Yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> had this match not happened, I think we would have gotten a hell of an in-your-house show from the WWE. You know, yeah. we had five matches. Nothing was bad. Um, you know, nothing, you know, I, I don't think, you know, changed the industry or anything, but it would have been a very solid five-match show. And what are you doing with that six? Well, I'm not I'm expecting... Six good matches. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Greatest Inferno match of my time. I just, I don't know, man. I, I just, and I i guess they should have just had Marty Jannetty levitate for old time's sake at the end, you know? <laughs> Couple comments in the chat. Greg, good buddy Greg says, uh, are there two wrestlers on the roster with lower stakes for a match? 
<laughs> and Aaron says, would Alexa Bliss have helped at all? Aaron, I hope they get Alexa Bliss away from this garbage as soon as possible. <laughs> oh, it's bad. And I think she kind of like is like, it, at least she's putting on the good soldier face. is like all for it, but She's on vacation right now, according to her Twitter, Instagram, or something. She put out there, people are wondering, why haven't you been on TV? And she said that she requested time off a while ago. I would have requested time off them, too. (laughs) Let's extend that vacation. I'm involved in this. I thought Um, when when they first put her with The Fiend, it was was interesting. But, like, I just didn't want to see a super long time thing. Dude, that segment where, like, she was in Orton's arms was so bad. Like, I mean, that was so bad. Well, you talk about um, women's challengers. I mean, shit, I'd like to see yeah, her I mean, get she, back into the picture. She's always, you know, I mean, has she has a cachet. I, I feel The Fiend is mid-90s Undertaker without the cachet. I remember, like, how awful, like, some of those mid-90s Undertaker programs were. Mm-hmm. Like, that's where we're at here. You know, it's funny. Uh, our, you know, Kyle Ryan, who handles our show account, he had tweeted... Hope this doesn't ruin the show. And I, I had meant to uh, send a picture of the Undertaker Underfaker uh, graphic <laughs> to that because that's what I feared going in, man. On yeah. this, I just, I don't know. It just, it, it's just so silly. Yeah, I guess. So, Justin, you, you said loved you were it, laughing at this one, and uh, <laughs> you you enjoyed it a little bit, so. Give us your take. What did you like about it? What did you make of the finish of the the fiend getting murdered mid-ring as we went off the air as his body was ignited? I guess going in, I, I just I, I had a feeling it was going to be campy. Like I said earlier, my expectations were very low because there's never been a good Inferno match. Uh, but I thought visually it, it was a lot of fun. And, and there's just this warped part of my brain that really only truly loves the WWE network documentaries. It's like, you know what? There's going to be some good, uh, good visuals that come out of this Inferno match for a Bray Wyatt doc or a Randy Orton doc, the match itself. I mean, it's, it's how you kind of expected to go. It was too long, but I thought it was fun. And not you know, legit, as the kids say, LOL at the end. And I don't necessarily think that's really a bad thing. You know, like even though that's not really their intent, but sometimes wrestling can just be campy fun. Nobody's watching this thinking they just burnt alive, you know, Bray Wyatt or the Fiend. It's like, let's just have some fun sometimes. But why do it? I guess so like because the problem <laughs> yeah. was you're right, but the announcers were playing it up as this like heinous like act. Like, come on, Randy, don't do that. Okay, come on, you know. I mean, all we needed was like Owen voice, you know. I, well, I feel maybe we're going to get a storyline court case where Randy Orton gets uh, thrown in jail for two counts of murder, Bray Wyatt and the cameraman that he burned alive inside the cabin from years ago. Oh yes. <laughs> we're going to get the, the trial of the early 21st century. Randy yes. Orton. Okay. It, it, people again, versus Randy Orton. So let's, <laughs> let's bring it back all the way to the beginning of the show. Wrestling is all about, where do we go from here? Right. And making the, you know, and making the audience want something. What am I supposed to want after this? Like Bray Wyatt getting his revenge. The, the problem is I don't want this feud. Like I just don't want it. And 
you know, Orton, they have to keep him relatively strong for Edge. I mean, when, I mean, is uh, to be honest, if the Fiend is off TV for a while, I'll, I'll take that as a win. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll take that as a win. Yeah, yeah. To be honest, if if if, if there's no Firefly Funhouse on TV for months. That's cool with me. I just don't trust them to keep him off. I also love how somebody tweeted during the week that their favorite part of Wrestling Observer Radio now is when Meltzer will use the term creative genius for Bray Wyatt, but then we'll spend the next 10 minutes telling you why his segment sucked. <laughs> <laughs> that makes me laugh like very hard. I, I, haven't, oh, I didn't listen to the, the show or anything, but like I really laughed hard at that tweet. That's good. Well, I mean, we'll see what what happens, but uh, I mean, when you light a guy on fire in the middle of the ring, I would think you got to keep him out for a while, but maybe not. Maybe nah, I'll be just surprised. Slap some aloe and gauze on him; he'll be okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I shudder oh, to think boy. what the bluff will be, but yeah, I mean, overall, I mean, here's the thing: I mean, again, the chance. Well, oh, you guys are being too hard. It was in a vacuum. Sands main event was a good wrestling show, but it doesn't in any way fix the WWE's big picture issues. Okay. Like if you want to say, oh, you guys are be too hard, typical wrestling podcast, don't come back at us when you're mad at the next television. Don't get mad at us in six weeks when you got no direction. We are trying to do a service to this industry. Kyle is trying to service you. <laughs> We're servicing the industry. That's right. That's what we're trying to do, man. I'm just saying, like, you know, I mean, it's kind of crazy how, in terms of WrestleMania direction, what is there that, to the point, oh, well, you'll, they start telling stories tomorrow because that's when Mania season is. I just don't agree with that. Again, that's a fundamental, if you do, if you think that's the way they should do it, fine, more power to you. I fundamentally disagree with that, that, Janu- oh, January through April is when we really try hard. Well, then, why the fuck am I watching April through December? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get it. I get. I definitely understand your perspective on that. And uh, yeah, who wins, I, who wins I, the I, mean, I just Royal don't Rumble? see it either. I don't. I don't see the uh, who wins the Royal Rumble. Yes, I mean, two months ago I was hoping it'd be Big E or Keith Lee, and right now I don't think either of them have a chance. <laughs> so I think Keith that- Lee's got a better chance. Yeah. How about that 2020 vignette? We, oh, God. I saw that during SmackDown Friday night, and I guess they pushed it out on social media a couple days earlier because people are talking about it. This is the thing with Drew McIntyre with, yeah. with the, the character of 2020 cutting a promo on him. Very bad. Not great. <laughs> Another, uh, I mean, it's you know, it's supposed to be campy and funny. Yeah, it is. I mean, but. it was the worst, but yeah, I just thought I was like, oh no, I just you know, they did a whole thing where it's like, oh, you know, I kind of liked how they framed Royal Rumble as like, hey, it's all been you know a tough year, and hey, it's a new year, the Royal Rumble kickoff, hopes and dreams, but yeah, I, I just don't know who you got going into that thing, and you know, when people you know complain about Goldberg, well. You know, when you don't build people up April through December, it's time to call 1-800, you know, Bill Goldberg. Oh, no. I hope not. We'll see. We'll see. Guys, it's I, been I, fun. I'm not endorsing it. I'm saying that's why I know, they do I know, it. Because I know. They don't, if you don't build it, then you've got to call somebody from the past because they're like, well, it's WrestleMania. We have the big big title match, and we haven't built yeah. anyone up. Well, whose fault that, is that? If that's the direction, I hope Randy Orton burns me alive. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I'll bring the aloe, Ryan will get the gauze. 
All right. So, guys, here's what our schedule is for the rest of 2020. Uh, next week, we will be doing our best of 2020 show. We'll be looking back at the year as a whole, giving you our wrestlers of the year, our promotion of the year, match of the year, which is always a good discussion on, on our uh, year-ending uh, award show. Fuck, do I have some matches I got to watch again? We got to do some research. Uh, oh, the Inferno match? <laughs> that show will drop... <laughs> Friday morning, uh, January 1st. So this Friday, we will not have a show because it is Christmas Day. And because we put out two shows over the last three days, we had the show on Friday looking back at TLC 2012. What a show that was. If you haven't heard it, give it a listen. That was a lot of fun. Uh, You can find it on on our YouTube page or, of course, the podcasting feeds. And then this, this show here tonight. So we will be taking off Friday for Christmas, but we'll be back the following week on our usual Friday uh, podcast release day with the best of 2020. There will also be a, uh, a video along with that. And uh, we haven't actually decided what day we're going to record that, but the day we do record it, it will be streamed live exclusively to patrons of the show. So if you want to get that show, what will probably be a couple days early next week, head on over to patreon.com slash top rope nation. If you enjoy these pay-per-view live shows, uh, our weekly flagship podcast, we do live each and every week, but that is exclusively for patrons. So I guess the next time we'll be live to the world here on the YouTube page will be the Royal Rumble post show at the end of January. Uh, and you know, all of our shows go up on the YouTube page on demand after we record them. I'm just talking about the, uh, the live feed. So check it out. If you want to support the show, it's the best way. Patreon.com slash top rope nation. Get yourself a free gift for signing up and the bonus content that goes along with that. So, uh, yeah, you can I gotta say us. one thing, yeah. Ryan, mm-hmm. it, it just, it's so great to hear you say the words, Merry Christmas. You know, remember those years we couldn't say that? <laughs> Stop. Oh, <God. laughs> I mean, remember when no one would say Merry Christmas? It was just such a, a bleak time in America. I would just oh, walk no. around during the season and no one would say Merry Christmas. It was, it was just so horrible. When the fuck did that happen? By the way, according to these people, please. Like, I mean, I, I heard people saying it, but I don't remember any actual war on christmas so it's bizarre to me but yeah. uh yes you know those of you that that uh you know are going to be engaging christmas celebrations we do wish you a a merry christmas and uh a, and a merry christmas <laughs> <laughs> uh, fucking assholes <laughs> oh boy all right follow the follow the show we are on twitter instagram facebook at top rope nation we have a discussion group on facebook at well don't as well. follow if you're jim jordan fuck you if you're jim jordan <laughs> jim jordan sucks uh yeah. yeah look up top rope nation pro wrestling discussion on facebook.com oh uh, of course God. we'll be on there each and every day between now and the end of the year so you can engage with us on there every day talking pro wrestling you can find me at ryan drosty that's d-r-o-s-t-e kyle is at trp kyle justin at justin joint j-o-y-n-t and i do want to give a shout out to to we mentioned him earlier in the show but he's been doing a great job for us our friend kyle ryan he's been on the podcast before uh, he's been live tweeting during most uh, wrestling shows for us over on our Twitter account. So, Kyle, thank you for all of your help, as always. Thanks, Kyle. Follow include Kyle. His, include his middle name. <laughs> Is it Justin? Justin? Yeah. Kyle yeah. Justin Ryle, Ryan. Uh, <laughs> Kyle Ryan. Kyle R. At Kyle R413 on Twitter. Give him a follow. Great dude. Helps us out a lot. He's a, he's a, he's a uh, member of the Top Rope Nation team for sure. And... Uh, Shout out to all the patrons of the show, those of you that help us grow this thing and uh, continue to invest in the show and, and make the show bigger each and every week. Tim, 
Derek, Kyle, Ryan, Liam, Sean, Andrew, Gabe, and Garrett. Thank you for your support. If you want your name on that list, patreon.com slash Nation. We'll see you guys next week with the best of 2020. Take care and have a happy holiday season. Merry Christmas! Merry Christmas, baby! You showed it treat me nice. Merry Christmas, baby! You showed